We are back with another episode of Motorsport Minute, the number one motorsport podcast in the world. We are sitting here at Amsoil headquarters in Superior, Wisconsin. Uh, Going to learn about the company, the history, how it began, some of their products that can uh, benefit you guys out there in the motorsport world. I uh, hope you enjoy. Don't forget to like and subscribe and let us know who you want to see next. Power sports and power equipment, which does include the racing oils. Okay. Um, can you give us a little background on Amsoil? Uh, kind of the history of the how and the why? <laughs> yeah, sure. No problem. We've been around for quite a while. Uh, as you know, as we were collecting up these products, we've got yep. hundreds of products. But the history on the company is, you know, something that's available on the website, of course. But um, Al Amatuzio was the founder of the company. Um, he was a fighter pilot in the Air Force, and he discovered kind of uncovered synthetics yeah. because they were used, you know, quite a bit in the aviation industry. Sure. Um, different types of synthetics were used, but he thought, you know, if it can work in a, in a jet, why not figure out a way to bring it to a car? Right, right. You know, so then, so we started looking at that about the mid-60s. Um, he spent a ton of time researching it. How could I make this work in a vehicle? By the late 60s, he had figured out, you know, a formulation. He had worked with some trusted partners, chemists, formulators, things like that. Right. Um, and he had come up with, you know, a decent formulary to, to make this thing work. Um, started it as a company called Life Lube in, like, 68. Okay. Um, and then by 70, he was actually had this stuff commercially available. And that's when the name Amsoil came to be. Okay. Uh, Amsoil is, uh, his last name is Amatuzio. Mm-hmm. So it was a combination of his name and oil. Oil. So okay. Is, is, is how Amsoil came to be. It's a piece of the name and then oil. Sure. So he more or less formed a group of guys to fabricate chemist. you know, do the chemistry to make oil. That's kind of how it all started. It is, yeah. He had, you know, he kind of knew where he wanted to go, and he needed some experts to help get him there from the chemistry side of things. Um, and he put together the right people. They were able to come up with this product, and then, 1972 mm-hmm. is the date that you'll hear a lot that's associated with Amsoil. Sure. He had sent that original 10W40 in to the API, that's the American Petroleum Institute. Sure. And they got it certified um, by the API, and it was the first certified synthetic motor oil. Wow. In 1972, and that's what Al, that's kind of where people associate the beginning of the company. But really, he was on this in the mid-60s. Okay, okay. So obviously, that's your guys' slogan, the first in synthetics. First in synthetics. That's that's actually where it comes from, was that original formulation. Sure. That 10W40 that was API certified. We still have it in silver in the, over in the other building. Okay. Uh, the certification for it. But that's kind of what is really associated with our start. Sure. Because from there, you know, he started to show people the benefits of how much better, or how much how much better a synthetic actually is right. than a conventional oil and some of the benefits, especially being here in, in the north where it's cold in the winter. Right. You know, and if your vehicle doesn't start, it's it's a bad day. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it is. And oil oils everything. And it doesn't matter if you're, it's your daily driver, if it's a high-performance engine, everything. It's it's everything. <laughs> it is. If it doesn't turn over, it can't fire. Right. right. And, and that was the thing with synthetics. That was the original kind of the start of it was – hey, my vehicle started and his didn't. What's the difference, right? Right. Well, he's got synthetic in there. Synthetic naturally flows better at cold temperatures. Right. So it's just a bonus of a synthetic that it's going to start up here in the north. So that's really what happened. And we really found a home and a core, you know, in kind of the Midwest. We're we're global. I mean, we really are. Right. Um, Across the U.S. for sure. Ultra strong uh, across across the Midwest for sure. Sure. <clears throat> so we're right here in Superior um, at the distribution center. Is this the main hub for everything? You are at the uh, main plant. This is where we build everything in Superior, Wisconsin. The entire company is based in Superior, Wisconsin. Yep. What we would consider the corporate headquarters on Tower Avenue, which has a big office for, yep. for, for Al's office was over there. Now his son, Alan, who's taken over yep. the company after his passing. Their offices are over there. We've got some IT stuff over there. But you're sitting in the building where everything is built. Sure. Part of this building is the Superior Distribution Center that takes care of um, most of Minnesota. Okay. Um, but this is where everything's built. The blend skid is here. All the production lines are here. Sure. Technical, where I work, is all here. You know, all of that operations, the whole works. As you saw the little bit, we walked out there earlier. So right. This right. is really the heart of the business right here. Sure. Yeah. And I, uh, I was thinking about that 
Well, I mean, obviously you guys were first in synthetics, but uh, I'm surprised that Superior wasn't used in the name somehow since it based out of Superior, like Superior Synthetics, yeah. Superior this. <laughs> you would think you since you guys are Superior. <laughs> Remember now, yeah, but at the end of the day, Al was from Duluth. Oh, okay. So I okay. think maybe there was some uh, right. maybe a little rivalry going on there, but Al's original, his home was in Duluth. Okay, okay. Which is Minnesota. Right. Wisconsin. Right. Okay, maybe didn't want to give the credit then. That, that could have been, you never know. We do have some rivalry here between, you know, obviously Minnesota, Wisconsin. Yep. yep. Being this close, this company is filled with a combination of Vikings and Packers fans, <laughs> yeah. which we don't want to go down that rabbit hole. Right, right. Yeah, no, it's uh, super close. Uh, what is it? Just across the bridge, I'm Two couple miles. miles just over the over pick your bridge bong or the blotnik right. and you're, you're in minnesota so we are right up here in the top of wisconsin sure is there other uh facilities within i guess you could say the u.s that makes the oils or is it just here there's other everything facility. is made right here where you're right here okay all the products are built here uh, like i said the blends get in production everything right. else that you would see that's ams oil across the u.s would either be a corporate distribution center okay or a uh a stocking dealer Right. We have some good-sized dealers that will actually have their own facility to stock some products in. But we do have corporate distribution centers right. across the U.S. Right. Yeah, it's cool to see how, how much Amsoil scaled. I mean, you go to a race, you go to a Napa, you go almost anywhere, and you see Amsoil either on the shelf, on a banner, um, sponsoring somebody. I mean, it's pretty much it's a universal word anymore in motorsport industry. It is. We've spent some time trying to build some of those things. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you see that. Uh, part of the way we go to market, you won't see us in super ultra-large big-box retailers. Right. That's part of the business rules that were put together by Al sure. very early on that we were not going to go in those directions based on the way we go to market with our dealers. Right. We go to market through independent dealers, um, and so you won't see us in those big-box. However, Napa is one. Right. Um, smaller smaller retailers, you'll definitely see us there. Fleet farms across across sure. here, L and M, different different things like that. So you you'll see us out there. You just won't see us in like the ultra big box that, right. that we're all thinking of. That I'm not going to say. So. Right, right. As far as uh, oil goes, what do what do you guys sell the most of? Um, well, I guess you know if you look at if you look at it that way, right? Um, yeah, that's a good way to come at it. Let's let's talk about that. The probably what people don't know. Right, and everything that you talked about is kind of like motorsports related, right? So right, racing and all those things. The biggest selling products here are passenger car motor oils. Yep. Um, specifically, five thirty five W twenty. That's going into your everyday drivers. Yep. That is. Those are the those are the big ticket items. Yeah. Now I work on the fun stuff, which is everything <laughs> that you talked about, yep. which is all of our power sports, motorsports oils. Yep. Um, but the passenger car oils, if you just from a pure sales standpoint. Right, those are those are the big ones. Okay, big movers. Okay, as far as competition, who who is your guys' biggest competition? We compete with. And that's an interesting question. You know, we've been asked that. It's, I don't want to get get us in trouble here at all, but right, we would compete with what you would consider other boutique type oil companies, right? Um, would Clots, someone yes. like that? We compete with Clots specifically, probably in the two T world. Okay, um, Clots has an interesting hook. That I, don't, I guess we don't need to hide here. That it smells, right. smells like race gas. Yeah. So being the two-stroke guy at Amsoil, that is the major, major thing that I get asked. Can yeah. you please make Interceptor <laughs> smell like race gas? Yeah. Well, yes, I can, actually. We can do pretty much anything here at Amsoil. We can smell right. like grape bubble gum if you like. We right. We can smell like roses, whatever you want. <laughs> it's just a matter of putting in right. the, the perfume that actually goes in there. Right. Um, but we've kind of looked at that corporately, and for Interceptor, We've kind of gone for no smell. Sure. And we've got such a great customer base now on Interceptor that we just, we did an experiment the other couple of years back. We I think we sent it at like Berry okay. and we did like a vanilla. Yeah. I ran the test and we got it out to certain dealers and people that move Interceptor and they were like, yeah, it's fine, but what's going to happen to the people that buy it for no smell? So we kind of said, yeah, interesting. Right. So we haven't let it go. So to answer my, my people that ask me about clots, um, we're not done. Yeah. There are ways that we can that we do. We're, it. we're experimenting with ways to try and get you that smell that you're looking for. Sure. Without hurting the original interceptor, where hey, we don't want it to really smell like anything. Right. So we're working on it. We're just <laughs> not there yet. But right. We're trying to answer that call. So clots would be one. Yep. Uh, I would. You can't. You can't talk synthetic without talking mobile one. 
Yeah. Right. They are a monster. Right. And they don't make junk, decent products. Right. Uh, Depending on the products that you're looking at, I would say we compete with them on certain levels. Right. Um, From there, you start to what I consider like would be a boutique product would be from the racing standpoint, you're looking at uh, Gibbs driven as it's called now. Um, Lucas, of course, they they compete on the same lines that we do. Sure. Uh, Royal purple red line. Yeah. Yep. Those types of companies are the ones that we would probably work with uh, from a racing standpoint. Right. If you ask me that about power sports, so we're talking snowmobiles, uh, UTVs, which are massive. Okay. um, Yeah, that market's like 10x in the last eight years. Here's the main competitor there, the OEMs. So Articat, Skidoo, Polaris, you know, those are all of our competitors there because there's them. Right. And there's us. Right. Nobody else spends as much time on a two-stroke oil, if we're talking sleds, right. than the OEM. Right. They don't make their own oil. There's right. another company that is one company that makes all of their oil. I'm not going to say who that is. Right. Uh, but there's one company that makes all the OEM snowmobile oil. Um, and then there's us. Right. right. And there are others out there. Klotz has their hook with the smell. Right. Um, there are a few others out there. But well, after that, you start talking two-stroke oil and it gets heated pretty quickly as you know (laughs) there's us we generally will come up right right interceptor is kind of the of a known standard for 2t two-stroke two-stroke snowmobile right Um, i suppose it's hard to beat a dealer too sometimes when they have the warranty hook yes but we offer that you know what i mean we offer a two-year warranty you sign up and use our interceptor we'll right we'll take care of that problem for you and if you want more info on that you can just check that out online we don't want to burn too much time on it right but it's weird how your major competitor will shift, right? I named right. a bunch of those racing ones. Right. If you go to V-Twin, which is a huge product for us, yep. we are very popular in V-Twin 20W50 Harley-Davidson motorcycles. Yep. Okay. That's our main competitor there. There's Harley, us, Mobile One, and then there are a couple others that kind of fall in underneath there. Sure. Mobile One because of their sure magnitude. Yep. Um, and they're easy to get. Us, because we've spent a whole pile of time building a really good product, which we haven't gotten into a lot of tech yet, right. but building a really good product. So our main competitor in that area are are the ones I mentioned. It's right. Basically, it's Harley. Right, right. That's who we're trying to steal share from. That's who we're trying to, you know, that, that's our competitor there. Um, when you get into, like, those passenger car oils I was yep. talking about, it changes. It's um, it's like the Wild West at that point. <laughs> now we're competing with well, you got uh, everybody. O'Reilly's. I mean, you, you, you got mean, everybody, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so it's interesting when I get asked that, who's your main competitor? It has to be, you got to like dial that question slightly. Right, right. You know, so it's. So many it's, different avenues yeah. it can go. But one, but I, but here's why I like to answer it. You know, it shows how diversified we really are. Right. Pick one of those boutique competitors that I told you earlier. And they can't, they may compete with us here, but they can't compete here because they're not right. playing maybe in the passenger car world. Yeah, we don't have anything for you there. Right. Because they focused all their energy Versus Amsoil has focused that much energy on all of these areas. Right. Which to me, I mean, that's really what makes it fun for me to be here. Right. It's super fun because we're playing in so many areas. Right. <clears throat> I can't remember if we have one of the products here, but uh, one that stuck out to me, I even mentioned it to you out there, is uh, I don't know if it was your 1050 or your 2050, or is it 1550 out there, but it has it said high zinc. Yes. So I'm a we high. grab that one. Yeah. I'm a high zinc guy. Um, I'm assuming a lot of my listeners are high zinc. When I build an engine, and I think any engine builder will tell you you want to put high zinc in there. Not only that, I even put like zinc additive in. True. For these new cams, they're not as uh, they're not durable like probably <laughs> the older ones. So uh, zinc, zinc's your friend when it comes to that. I think there's been some shift, uh, maybe pandemic related to cam quality. Yeah, absolutely. Quality. Yep. You know, things have come to play that oil may not be able to help, but. You're certainly not going to hurt yourself in the realm of a flat tap at camshaft. If you're building right. a flat tap at motor, yep. And as much as it pains me to say that, they are somewhat going away. Yeah, right. You're seeing less flat tap at motors, right, um, out there. But you do have to have a zinc high zinc product. Yep. And that's the area that I work in. Um, the Z Rod products w- w- was an, was a product that um, came out during my time here at Amsoil. We launched that high zinc product. Um, that's got a thousand. Uh, it's like say twelve and thirteen hundred. Um, Zinc and Foss. Okay. That's how you put those two together. Sometimes they're called ZDDP. Sure. Everyone calls it zinc for slang. Right. There's actually two things involved there. There's zinc okay. and phosphorus that are formed. That's called your anti-wear package. Sure. You put that into the oil. Right. Um, we have a high zinc version. Our racing oil then has a one notch above that, so it's even a little bit higher zinc. Sure. But here's the thing. People say, 
here's an interesting part of this, and you probably run into this. Um, well, I got a roller cam. Doesn't matter. No. Not true, because if you get to a certain performance level, the push rods start going away. Yep. Right. You'll lose the push rod. The push rod to rocker arm. Right. Starts to go away. Pro stock. So you get into some spring pressures where you're into a thousand pounds over yeah. the nose of the cam. Right. You start taking out the push rods. You got to have a high zinc product. Yep. So you're, there's still a need for zinc. Oh, absolutely. There's still a need to definitely do your research if you're building any kind of performance engine. Yeah, and there's like hardly any. I can only think of one other person that has zinc in their oil, and it's not a synthetic oil because um, almost everyone's kind of going away with it. You don't see it anyways, um, like in stores. Uh, I mean, way back 10 years ago, I used, you know, wives tell you say, put Rotella in, mm -hmm. you want the zinc. Oh, for sure. But, uh, you know, other than that, a lot of people are going away from the zinc, which if yeah. you're an old car guy or race car guy or anything of that, you know, sort, it kind of It's stinks. hard. Yeah. Right? It's hard to have that happen. But at the end of the day, the newer motors don't need necessarily right. need it. And, right. and zinc is getting, it's not the zinc so much as it is the phosphorus. Sure. But the two go together. Phosphorus and catalytic converters, they're not friends. Okay. Right? So it clogs the it clogs up the catalytic converter, and then they, that thing can't do its job. Right. And then your emission system, they're so highly electronic now. Right. It, it, it knows that there's something wrong with it, and it'll derate the vehicle. Right. Right? So the, the appetite for the ZDDP as we call it, zinc or phosphorus, yep, yep. has gone down just by the inherent nature of the vehicles themselves. Right, right. You don't need as much, but the performance sector is getting left hanging. So yeah. you've got to make sure that like an API classification on an oil, the highest API classification has the least amount of zinc. Right. Okay, that's scary because people don't think that way. Okay, API SP, yep. right, just to give you an example, that's the highest API rating you can get right now. Okay. It, it has the least amount of zinc. <laughs> we will provide you the least amount of protection, but most of these uh, retailers, big box parts stores where you yep. get your oil, they're stocking those oils that are built, you know, just kind of generically. Right. And they just, hey, this is the additive we got. This is cheap. Here you go. Right. For right. most vehicles, it'll work. But if you get into a performance engine like you have, right. you can take out the cam, you can hurt the motor. All sorts of stuff. So you want a lower API rating, right. SG, SH. Right. You know, you start seeing those. Now we're talking, we've got some some of the good stuff in there. Right, right. And Rotella, I think that, that was in the 90s. I was around through those all those camshaft failures that happened mm -hmm. when the API started removing the zinc. Right. And Rotella <laughs> was, still had the zinc. Yep. So that's that's where that came from. I worked in an engine shop okay. then, and that's where that came from. It's like, hey, there's still zinc in this stuff. We're now yep. failing cams on it. Use it. Right. Yeah. You pick the wrong Rotella now, though, and it'll be low zinc. Right. Right. So you got to be careful. Right. Exactly. You so you're better off going with a known somebody that's building the product specifically for that. And in our case, that would be the Z Rod or the racing oil. Right. Right. And you guys get into the motorcycle motocross. I mean, we talked about the Harleys, but do you, what's, uh, what's something you guys geared towards, like your motocross or your enduro bikes? What kind of oils? We have. We've got a couple other tiers of product, right? The mm -hmm. V-twin would be one of them. Yeah. We talked about that a little bit. Yep. Big, we're big into the 2050. Right? Yep. Harley-Davidson, boy, those motorcycles, they're hot. Yep. Um, they, you know, they're, they're tough on product. So that's just a tier of it. Yep. V-twin. So everything V-twin. Okay. Victory, you know, those types of bikes. Sure. From there, you go to dirt, like you're asking about. So we have yep. a completely separate line of oil that's designed for dirt. Dirt. And, you, and you're a rider. We were talking. Yep, yep. Okay, so you know how important the clutch feel is on a dirt bike. Yes. Versus some big, heavy Harley-Davidson. Right. right. There's not as much clutch feel there because the motor's heavy. There's a right. lot of inertia. You know, if you have a grippier fluid, you may not notice. Right. But if you're a dirt bike guy, you might be able to tell the difference between, and that's what's called the JSO rating on the oil. So if you ever heard the MA versus yep. MA2. Okay. And MA2 is grabbier than an MA. So we... We did a pile of testing based on feedback from like our riders mm -hmm. that we got specifically at the time factory connection. We were involved with those guys for many, many, many years. Sure. So we had a really good group of people doing testing. Um, and they were not liking the way that, that our, that our, we were used to use the metric oil, which we still have um, in the dirt bikes. Sure. But it, you couldn't get a good start. Because, you know, when you're in a, doing a gate start, yeah, you need second everything. gear, you're out just a little bit, mm -hmm. just just until the rear drops, right? Yep. As, a, yep. as a rider, you, you could tell yep. me how this goes. Yep. <laughs> okay, and you're sitting there with the clutch out, just enough to make it touch. 
you know, what was happening was we had video on those gates and we could watch that bike and it was wobbling back and forth. Sure. They didn't like that. So what we ended up doing was we put together a specific formulary right for dirt bikes. It came out as like an MA. Sure. So it's a little slipperier. Okay. So it allowed you just to hold that bike just a little on the clutch. Yep. And it'd make that lever just progressive enough that it really gave you a really good feel. Right. So that's kind of our deal on that. And then it still hangs on like through the whoops. Yep. So it's not so slippery that it'll slip when you're coming across the whoops. Right. And you lose. Okay. And, and it slips. And that's when they're frying clutches. Right. If it breaks when you're going across those whoops, if the clutch pack slips, the, it'll start to fail. Right. Right. So, yeah, that's the dirt bike oil. Very specific formulary built very specifically for the clutch needs of a dirt bike. Right. Pretty yeah. cool. Oh, very cool. Yeah, it's, uh, I think lower-end riders, I guess you could call them, they, they don't realize little things like that matter to, like, uh, you got your pro guys. Mm -hmm. You know, they're changing tires every race, every mm -hmm. heat race. You know, that, that little bit, even the oil, that little bit changes your day. I mean, whether you're going to be at, in the top three or if you're going to be in the top, 30 it could <laughs> you know it yeah. is little things like that you know and luckily people like amsoil think about that stuff <laughs> yeah yeah i was just trying to get something that worked yeah and that's you know and here's the cool part about this and this is one of the things that really keeps me you know really interested here and and super excited about things like you know things like you're doing here i was super yep. excited to do this today because you know it lets us talk about you know some of the cool ways that we come to market and and the approaches that we take to some mm -hmm. of these products right it's like equipment first Right. Let's figure out what works and then we'll figure everything else out after that. Right. right. It's like, let's figure out what will make this bike do what we want it to do or this car or this right. engine. And we'll work out the pricing and everything else after that. Obviously pricing comes into it, but, right. but, but not as much as you would think here. Cause I'm involved in all of that, all of those aspects of the product sure. as the market manager, we go from concept to bottle. Really. We're involved with large project team to bring something to market. Sure. So we have some influence over, over how that works. Like, not only do we work with pricing, we also work with, all right, what's going to go into this? And right. What do we need from a performance standpoint? Right. So that's a cool thing about Amsoil is it's like, hey, let's make the coolest oil work the best. <laughs> right. We'll figure everything else out after. Right. <laughs> Super yeah. fun. And that's that's right. how Al was. You know, that's how his son Alan is, who, who owns yep. the company now. Yep. Uh, is let's, let's figure this out. And that's kind of the approach we take on, on whatever you're talking about. Right. So that was, that was the cool thing about the dirt bike. Yeah. The other thing we have for motorcycles, just so I can answer your question. Yeah is our metric motorcycle line. Um, and I would say that you'd split some of those like adventure adventure bikes. Yeah. They yep. kind of split between the metric and some of the dirt bike oil. Sure. Depending on like KTM tends to lean a little more towards our dirt bike oil. Sure. Versus like a, a BMW or. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, what's the other one? There's a Suzuki's or Yamaha. Um, anyway. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll use the metric product. Okay. The metric is an MA2. It's got a little more grab to it. Um, is really the only difference other than it's still high zinc, still got really good solid base oils. Sure. You know, so those are the tiers of, of the oils we have. V-Twin, dirt bike, metric. Sure, sure. As far as a uh, little bit kind of off subject of the oil, do you know who all of your guys is? I'm assuming you guys have some sponsored athletes. We do. And or and or companies, I suppose you could call it. Um do you know who who you're sponsoring right now currently? <laughs> <laughs> or am I catching uh You want me to give you out a of the list? Blue? You want me to give you a list? I work probably your high end list, like probably your top. I work top with guys. That, I work with that group. Uh, okay. With I work with that group. Uh, I don't necessarily pick yeah, who it right. is. Um that is, that would be the marketing yeah. and market management, which I know sounds very similar, but yep, we work yep. a lot more with product. Right. Uh, we work at we anyway, my point to answer your question is uh, if you're asking me who we're sponsoring, I got to stay Steve Shearing for snowmobiles. Yep. Right. Yep. I know Steve very well. Um, Bryce Menzies. Okay. For off-road. Okay. Uh, are you looking for a specific one here? No, or? I'm just, I'm just curious. I'm just we do asking. quite a bit with Bryce Menzies. Uh, he's an off-road guy, ultra okay. four stuff. Okay. Um, locally, uh, you got to go with Daryl Nelson. He's a Duluth guy. Okay. Wins everything. <laughs> okay. Um, he's got his son racing now. So there's a, I mean, there's a bunch. We could, we could go on here. Right, right. I mean, there, there's a, then you get into some TV shows and different things like that that we sponsor. Um, so, sure. So we're out there. You right. Know, we do oh, a bunch yeah. on Motor Trend, you know, on, on All Girls. And a lot of that's a lot of advertising stuff. Yeah. The, the TV stuff is really a lot of advertising. But, right. hey, man, we're sponsoring fishing too. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Gillespie well, Waters and Woods. He's, yep. he, he's big across the South Dakota, um, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Chicago area. Right. John Gillespie, we are 
a sponsor on his show, Oil. He loves our stuff. Right. I, so right. I get to go fishing every once in a while with him. Oh, that's which cool. Is, which is a blast. I don't get to go ride in Ultra 4 cars with him twice. <laughs> but I have spent a considerable amount of time on the snowcross track at Steve's. Sure. Steve Shearing, that would be our snowcross team. Yep, so yep. That's a, that's always a fun experience. Yeah, and for the listeners, uh, if you're not watching, just listening, Steve Shearing was on the podcast earlier on, so we were at his facility. Um, I think it's one of the only facilities that has its own training facility right there. I shouldn't say the only, but one of, I would say it's probably one of the premier where all of them come and practice at his facility. Right, because it's north. Yeah. He gets early snow. Er, he's he one of the first cold. ones. Yeah, All he exactly. needs is cold. He can make his own snow. Exactly. But yeah, he's got two groomers and that, that climb. I think it's it's called the climb compound now. Yep. Um, yeah, it's a fun track. And you can set that track up any way you like it. Yeah. I spent a pile of time on that when we were um, we were doing a bunch of testing with Steve. So I, as we, you and I had discussed yep. earlier, I spent a pile of time there. Well, while the testing was running, I got I got to find something to do. So we were building sleds and <laughs> yeah, we were dynoing and doing a bunch of other things. But riding was part of it too. It's oh, like, yeah. hey, I need you to go break in these three belts. And I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna put some laps on. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. That's super awesome. Yeah. And uh, and you don't know your product unless you're trying it. So that's true. You know, and the, I'd say yeah, company of enthusiasts is something that that we talk about a lot yeah. at Amsoil. So you'll find a lot of. You'll find a lot of helmets. Uh, you'll yep. find a lot of stuff up and down the cubes. And yep. there's a lot of people here that are, you know, enthusiast-oriented, be it power sports, fishing, right? Um, whatever. A guy in the right. office next to me thinks um, he thinks that snowblowing is a power sports activity. <laughs> he and I go well, back this year maybe. on that. Yeah, I, I had to give it to him this year. I'm <laughs> yeah. like, I think you're right. As, yeah, he works, in, um, he works in the industrial area. He okay. does product development. Sure. Um, he and I have been here about the same amount of time. Is always is giving me a hard time. He goes, "Well, my lawnmower is power sports activity." Yeah. dude, no, it isn't. Yeah, you know, and then he gets this huge snowblower with tracks, and you got to <laughs> squeeze this trigger here, and he goes, "It's power sports activity." I'm like, "It's not, man. You got to get right. a snowblower, or you got to get a snowmobile." Yeah, so well, we go back and forth. It's friendly, of course. Yeah, well, gotta have that. Exactly, gotta have that. Yeah. No, I I'd mentioned it to you earlier. I had to had to drop it for him, but he wanted me to mention that he was my father-in-law was sponsored by Amsoil in the yes. early '90s when he raced motocross. So. He's pretty proud of that, yeah, which you got to be. I mean, when you're at the top of your game and got people like that, you know. Absolutely. That's awesome. If you're good enough to earn something like that. And, you know, and that's an interesting question you ask about the sponsorship. And there's a bunch I didn't mention, of course. Well, right. There's a big right. list. And, 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 you know, it's the top tier guys that are getting money. Right. But here's the thing. We spend a pile of time and a pile of product uh, helping out amateur guys. Right. You know, so there's a pile of those people and they're super appreciative because as you and I were talking right. about, you being a former racer. Right. Every little bit helps down there. It you does. Know, you got to change that oil. It gets expensive. Do I, do I change the tire or should I change the oil? You know, right. Right. You know, it's tough. So we always appreciate when people say, hey, I was sponsored by you. It's, it's, yeah. It's a big list. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm sure. Cool. We, we try and, well, we try and back, help out where we can. Yeah. And if you go back to, well, say you started it in the 70s, I mean, it's got to be a long list of sponsorees. Yeah. There's a wall <laughs> out there that we were, we were grabbing the okay. product from. Um, there's a wall and there's a bunch of stuff. Okay. You can see we've been into everything. Monster trucks. Yeah. Offshore racing. Okay. Uh, powerboat racing. Sure. I mean, it's it's crazy. Bob Teague was a big sponsor guy for us for, for many, many years. Sure. If you, you can't go to the West Coast and talk offshore without mentioning Bob Teague. Yeah. I mean, he's, yeah. he's huge. And as it, it changes hands, sponsorships right. move. You move You move it around. Well, and you move with what's trending. With the times. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah you move with the times. Absolutely. And, that, and that's, how it, that's how it works. And it's an interesting game, sponsorship, you know. It is. Um, I'm not, like I said, I'm not front row on it. Yeah. But we're, you know, we're, I understand what's going on there. You know, we, we've spent some time in the diesel area lately. Right. Uh, Scott Birdsall. Yep. He's a huge diesel guy. He won Pikes Peak with that old Smokey, that truck. Okay, yep. So he's a, he's newer to Amsoil. We've been with him now for a couple of years. Sure. Um, um, good dude. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, does some really fun stuff with diesels. Yeah. yeah. So if uh, if someone wanted, I guess, uh, how, would, how do people approach you for, like, trying or building, formulating a new oil? Or is that kind of something in-house? Or is it people coming out and saying, hey, I'd like to see – I'd like to see this. I uh, need more performance out of this, yada, yada. Yeah. Is that kind of how you guys go about? Uh, yes. And that's where people like myself come in. So I'm, sure. the, mar I'm the market manager for uh, Power Sports Power Equipment. Yep. So what will end up happening there is we, the people that I work with, we have a decent view of what's going on in the market. Right. right. So everything that applies to me. Right. You know, things we already talked about. Uh, you, pick, you pick your Power Sports activity, right? So mm -hmm. let's take UTVs. Yep. 
we watch those markets very closely. So yeah, we're, there's got to the be the demand in, we're in the market. Yeah, the OEM does something. It's like depending right. on who we who we're going to react to. Right. If the OEM makes a move, and that's our major competitor, yeah, we need to do something. Right. Right. Uh, they launch a new viscosity. Right. We need to respond with a viscosity quickly because we will ask. We will ultimately get asked by our dealers. Right. If we miss it, sometimes our dealers will ask for it. Consumers right. will ask for it. So there's a number of different ways that you can. That you can actually ask for it. Sure. Are you going to get it every time? No. No. Yeah. There's got to um, be demand. I, right. I totally get that. There has to be a demand. Right. But we try and keep up. Sometimes they launch something and it doesn't work. Right. So it's a question of let's balance how long do we drag our feet before we're going to put something in the market to compete. Right. Uh, sometimes they follow us. Um, we launched a kit for the V-Twins. Yep. The OEM didn't have a kit at the time. Okay. Our kits went crazy. Yeah. It was basically putting a bunch of stuff we have in a box. Right. It went crazy. You know, they've since they've since put kits out, of course, right? Because right? they're the OEM, right? But I was like, how could you not have a kit? Everybody, all the other OEMs are doing one, so I'm like, right? Hey, they're sitting on their hands. This is a strong product for us. <laughs> Let's do a kit. Yeah, we have four of those kits now to support that market. Different color filters, mm-hmm. you know, and that's just you wouldn't think that would be such a big deal, but it's convenient. Right. That was just a case of us keeping an eye on the market, saying, "Hey, let's do this." Right. But from a formulary standpoint, we'll look at we just like our competitors have the right. ability to do certain things to look at the oil. Right. We can buy it and we can take it apart. Right. And we can look at it, but that only goes so deep. Right. Right. And that's the case with everybody. Um, so we got to test it, field test, test it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we could pull it apart from a chemical standpoint. Sure. Um, and look at it. But again, it only goes so far. Right. You can only do so much. I can't give you the exact recipe. Right. And that works the other way too. Right. So yeah, there's a certain amount of field testing. You bring up a good point. Right. Field testing. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, I know I'm going to get some comments or some questions, uh, but the market's not quite saturated with enough, I would say, demand for it. But, uh, like, there's, I don't know how hot and heavy derbying is up in here, like demolition derbying mm-hmm. in this area. You know, that's uh, high intensity, high RPMs, high heat, like, mm-hmm. boiling, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, like, what's something you would recommend towards that? Racing oil. Racing oil? You know why. Because you get hit, all the antifreeze drains out of it. Right. You're going to keep going till it locks up. Right. Right. So you want the toughest possible product that you could put in there. Sure. So you throw some kind of a high-end, yep. thick synthetic into that thing. Thicker. That's what I would do. Yeah. Yeah, because it's going to, the thick stuff's going to hold up. Right. Once the antifreeze drains out of it. Right. Or you're just beating the pants out of it. <laughs> yeah. All oil, as you warm it up, will get thin. Right. right. It just depends on how quickly it does it. Right. Okay. Here's something people don't. If you look at, let's take a 530, for example. Yep. You know that that oil is not a 30 weight until you get it to 212 degrees. Okay. So that's like the boiling point? or no, the... that's the oil. That is the universal standard at which all oil viscosities are measured. Okay. The okay. high end of it, right? So if you have a 530, mm-hmm. the 30 part of that is measured at 212 degrees F. Sure. That's the standard. Across the board, it's an API standard. Okay. So you unless you can get it to two, you're not even at a 30 weight. Right. right. So it gets thicker as you get cooler, but the reverse is also true. Sure. So the warmer you get it, it'll start to drop. So everything past 212, yeah. that 30 can turn to a 20, to a 10, which isn't even recognized too thin, to right. taking the bearings out. Oh, yeah. Okay, so if you take a derby car, yep. it's you know you wouldn't think they don't make a lot of power. Some people just throw them together. And here's the thing. It's probably more abusive than certain full-on race motors. Oh, there's... Because oh, you're mean, not going to stop. Nowadays, quit. it's like any, any sport nowadays, there's... Five to six, seven hundred horse engines out there. Sure, I mean, of like, course, that's going to be like the case. any any sport. You know, it's always going to progress somehow. Yeah, it turns <laughs> into a checkbook race. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm with you. But at the end yeah. of the day, if you were to give me your average guy trying to get into yep. a demo or derby yep. stuff, you'd put a, a thicker synthetic in there. Okay, it's going to give you your best chance. Yeah. Now that's the motor. Right. The transmission. That would be the other place that I would spend money. Yep. You would put a very high end synthetic that's proven itself in there. Sure. Right? So. We get into things like uh, big off-road trucks like um, Mountain Mafia would be one of them, uh, Top Truck Challenge. So you're talking 54-inch tires. Yep. It's a combination of rock bouncing yep. um, and, and, a, and a certain form of type of racing, obstacle course racing. Anyway, sure. You get into super slow RPMs, uh, super uh, high torque situations where you're trying to get the tire to bounce off something right. where you're off camber. Um, you got to use all of that high-end stuff. Right. And our transmission fluid has proven itself there time and time again, right? So it's super hot. 
Because heat right. kills an automatic tranny. Right. Most of those derby cars are automatics, right? 90%. Yeah. nine probably percent. That would be the place where you want to spend your money. Now, sure. if the transmission is all... Here's the trouble with that, though. You got a 200,000-mile transmission you're going to throw in there? <laughs> yeah. Sometimes. Right. Okay, so let's address this. Synthetics and leaking. Right. Have you heard about this? Yes, yeah. What a synthetic will naturally do if you put it in something that's got a pile of miles on it, the first yeah. thing it does is it goes in there and cleans out all the sludge. Right. But the conventional you may have been running left in there. Right. And the problem is, a lot of times, that's all that's left holding the oil in. Right. The seals have degraded. Yep, yep. Well, that holds true with the transmission. So you hear the, you know, you know the horror stories about transmissions. Hey, that thing's got 200K on it. Don't touch the oil. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to tell you that too. Yeah. Right? Don't mess with it. Just right. leave it alone. However, if you're building a derby car yep. and the tranny's in okay shape, spend extra money on transmission fluid. Sure. Because the more heat the transmission fluid will take keeps the car moving. Right. And heat is what makes the oil quit, which is what kills the transmission. You're not going anywhere. You're just going to get sit out there and get beat up. Right. 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 Yeah. For sure. That's the two places I always recommend people spend money. Sure. Put good oil in it because it'll run without antifreeze for longer. Right. And spend money on the tranny because you're going you're gonna to keep driving it until it quits. <laughs> right. Right. And I've seen on the shelf out there, uh, you got all sorts of gear lubes, gear oils, yes. yeah. all sorts of. We have a full line. I yeah. Mean, we have so much stuff. We could have covered this whole table. With oh, yeah. It's uh, it's unreal how much is out there. Right. It's, it's yeah. But we do have gear it's lubes. Cool, though. We have gear lubes. We go all the way up to 250 okay. on the gear lube. That's an SAE 250 weight gear lube designed mm-hmm. very specifically for ultra four type racing. Okay. So it's super high speed, super high heat. Yep. Um, and that's really where that's found a home. Okay. Built out of necessity with a guy named Scott Douglas, who was a big sponsored guy with us for years. Yep. yep. Off road guy. Yep. Uh, torque, short course guy. Um, he still works with us. Okay. Um, and he came to us and said, hey, listen, here's this gear lube that we have that's barely working. What can we come up with? Right. So that's another way we come to market is racing. Right. They'll say, hey, we're, we're using this. It's not working. Right. We come up with something. Absolutely. So right. we've built, our Dominator racing oil line was built that way. Right. With Scott Douglas, with uh, a bunch of people, other racers, Bob Teague, um, that was an offshore rig. Right. Um, uh, Doman, Dorman pulling team. So huge okay. diesel off-road pulling team. Yep. They worked with our dominator synthetic oil sure because each one of those guys that i mentioned does something really bad to the oil right and then what we had to do was formulate to figure that out and formulate to figure sure. that out and formulate to figure out pretty soon you've got an oil that is like can cover really, all of really it. Yeah. really strong right 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 no, it's really strong so you that's what we try and do that's how you know so racing can bring it in i could bring a product to market an oem could launch something our market research could right. flip up a flag and say hey these guys are doing this we need to we need to we need to react. Right. So that's kind of the ways that we come to market. It's a long winded answer to your yeah, question. Yeah. No, that's that's uh, that's what I was after. And I didn't know you guys were into fuel additives until uh, until they mentioned it out there, and we we're looking for products yeah. like the Octane Booster and stuff. Full line. Yeah, yeah. We have a whole bunch. Yeah. Yeah, we've got tons of stuff. Octane Boost um, for both um, V Twin. Okay. A little bottle. Yeah. Designed just to keep it off the knock sensor. Okay. There's a lot of people in Harley Davidsons. They get hot, they knock, right. and then the Harley will roll back the timing so you don't hurt the engine, but it hurts the power. Right. So we've got just enough of the good stuff in that okay. Octane Boost okay. to keep that from happening. Sure. So it's like, this stuff made my bike run so much better. Well, it really just kept it off the knock sensor. Right. Right. So, right. so we have that. Then we have full-on like off-road use only Octane Boost. Sure. Um, everybody always asks, so I'll just answer it now. Can I turn my 87 into like 95 octane? <laughs> yeah. You can't. No. Uh, you could turn 87 into 90, 90, 91. Yeah. Yeah. But you can't turn 91 into 95. No, it doesn't work that way. No, that's that's a pretty big jump. It is. And what ends up happening is the diminishing returns. The yeah. higher the octane you start with, the harder it is to bump it. Yeah. With, yeah. Chem- with chemistry. But yeah, we have octane boost, fuel additives that are very popular. We got a full line of diesel additives. I mean, there's a. There's a ton of stuff out there. Like oh, yeah, it's super interesting. Just the, the whatever, 15 minutes we were out there. It's, yeah. yeah. I was, That's why I was like, what do you want? You're like, uh, whatever. <laughs> How do you know, so right? we kind of got this small little right. setup here and you yeah, know, got a got couple of the old racing cans. Old stuff. Dragged right? out, and, you know, it's a couple I got signed by Al back in the day because I've been here long enough to know Al. Yep. Uh, so I had him sign those one time for me. He's like, what the hell are you getting me to do this for? <laughs> and I was like, oh, I just think it's kind of a cool deal, sir. So I appreciate yeah. you doing it for me. So those reside in my office and no one's allowed to touch them. Sure. <laughs> sure. 
Well, I told you I was doing some of my own field testing. I put some ISO 320 in a, <laughs> in a rear end and a transfer yeah. case. I don't recommend it. I'm just saying I'm trying it for myself. Yeah. And uh, you're talking to our, you're talking about our wind turbine oil. Yeah. yeah. I got some, uh, I put some, like I said, it's in a mud pickup. So that's great. Um, well, so far so good. Yeah. You but it's all it gear to gear, but it's all, you know, mid pre or probably early 70s products so sure, but gear gear lubes are tough right yeah. the, all that wiping action yeah you know that happens is what is the problem with those like a ring and pinion are very hard on the oil because it's oh, not yeah, super hard it's geared to your pressure but it's then it's wiping yep. you know what i mean it's sliding yep. all that sliding action so yep. it's really tough on it you know you know wind turbine transmissions yeah basically well, i figured you know yeah. it's in there and they're like that's heavy duty yeah. spinning every day gear to gear now it's gotta work <laughs> you, we have to say this though if you call amsoil and ask for that there's nobody on that it's going to answer the phone that'll tell you okay to that. Yeah, so you're, oh, doing, you're doing that on your I, own. This is all on my own. Yeah, 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 for sure. Like, um, like, uh, some of the other things we we don't discuss. You know, we don't we don't do um, air aviation. We don't do aircraft. Okay. There was a time way back when that, that they did. I was way before my time. That's kind of funny that you guys don't do it because that's how Alan and that's people ask the question. Got you don't have any aviation it. oil, but your founder was an aviator. Huh? Yeah, we don't do it. Um, there is so much involved. We have, we've looked at it a bunch of times. I bet there's a lot of regulations into there it is. as well. Yep. And, yeah. and and there's certain formularies that you can use. Uh, you have to run testing. Sure. I mean, if some, Lord forbid something happens. Right. You know, there's a lot of insurance involved in it. And a it lot of risk. a place where we thought that our dealers uh, could really win and make right. money. Right. Because um, at the end of the day, we need to make some money. Well, just yeah. was no There was just no good way to get in there. And so we don't. If somebody calls and says, hey, I was using your uh, straight 60 weight in a, in a uh, de Havilland Otter with a, you know, a twin, well, twin row Pratt right. in it. I'm like, sorry, sir, I can't, I can't discuss that. Right. Because right. it works great. I'm like, understood, but I'm not allowed to discuss yeah, this because right. we, we, don't, we don't allow our stuff in manned aircraft. Right. No manned aircraft. Right. Unmanned, fine, but no manned stuff. Right. That makes sense. I mean, all comes with the liability, comes yep. with the business. Yeah. Other than that, we've got a full line of products, man. If it's water, over the road, as you saw, yep. over the road diesel big stuff transmissions i mean yeah sky's the limit it's crazy right oh yeah it's it was super interesting just a little bit i was out there sure um even even the array of stuff we have here uh, from snowmobiles the car to the racing um, a little bit of motorcycle (laughs) this is just a couple of the fun ones yeah you know you wanted to talk about um passenger car if you wanted to talk about those tiers at all yeah 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 we have our there's three tiers of oil basically sure in our passenger car motor oil lineup because some people you know they look at synthetic and they're like oh it's too expensive sure which it is um just by its inherent nature yeah the way we put it together you know the thing of it is is that there's no all synthetics are not created equal right Right. that's why i I like to have this conversation because there are ways that you can come at it and there can actually be very little synthetic involved right right? I, i think uh oil is expensive but i always tell everyone you know it might be expensive, but it's a lot cheaper than, you know, look at buying a vehicle, look at replacing an engine or replacing this. Mm-hmm. I mean, that stuff's not cheap. So, yeah, if you spend the money on the oil and it gets you that extra 50, 100, 200,000 miles, <laughs> to me that whatever $20 actually spent on oil a month or right. or whatever oil change, it's so worth it. It is. It is. And and some people just don't want to jump on that. So we have three different tiers. Yeah. Passenger car oils is a signature series. That's going to be your top end stuff. Okay. It's designed to actually stay in there for tw- up to 25,000 miles. Sure. You can keep it in there if you use our filter. And there are people that will say, I'm not doing that. And that's fine. So some people are comfortable at, let's say I'll do 15,000, which yeah. is becoming more and more common, as you know. Right. Um, so for that, we have what's called an XL line of products. Sure. Uh, and then we have people that says, you know what? I just change my oil when the light turns on on the dash. I take it in and I change it. Yeah, we got that. There's a lot so of people have, like that. Yeah, and it's called OEM or OE. Okay. Original equipment. Okay. And that is a synthetic that's designed to only stay in there until that light comes on. So like up to 7,500, 5,000 right. to 7,500, right. somewhere in there. Um, and that's it. The, and they're all priced accordingly. Right. Right. Because it's the length of time that you leave it in there. Right. That sometimes starts to get expensive because it has to deal with byproducts of combustion, right. you know, dirt, different things that it has to deal with that we have to build in there right. that cost money. So we leave it in there for less amount of time. You actually are saving some. You're sure. not really necessarily using a bad synthetic. Right. It just doesn't stay in there as long. Right. That, that's a whole piece of that uh, building that synthetic puzzle. 
Right. Is how long do you want it to stay in there? If it's shorter, okay, fine. I can build you a whole different product. Right. Right. So that's so that's why we have those three tiers. Now my area, the power sports area, um, we don't necessarily have a ton of tiered products. Everything would be considered the top tier. Right. Because it's super passion driven and oh, yeah. people are willing to spend and it's like I don't want the garbage, give me the good stuff. Yeah, if you got if you're in the motorsports, power sports, whatever, I mean you mostly want yeah. the best of the best because right. it's your equipment that most of the time you're going to hang on to for a yeah. long time and or it is a high performance. That's the thing too and you said a mouthful right there is yeah. some of this stuff is getting wild yeah. as far as power and torque. Oh gosh, yeah, you it's know, 200 horse out of a two-stroke snowmobile, really? <laughs> yeah, it's two cylinders, it's 850, nuts. you know, it's like holy goodness gracious. The oil has to be good. Right. Right? So even the OEM fluids are not Right. When I speak to power sports, right, you know they're not horrible, but at the end of the day, they're always built on a price point. So we can usually find a weak spot there, and we can say, "Oh, we can do that better." And then in our testing protocol, which is extensive, sure, we'll generally look at that. Sure, you know, pretty cool. It's it's interesting. Right. That's, we didn't even talk about that. Right. So as far as uh, buying the product, can you buy it straight from here, or does it have to be from a yeah. dealer? No, you, you can get it from Amsoil. You can get it direct online. Okay. Uh, we're very easy to deal with. Um, you can go to Amsoil.com. Mm-hmm. What we recommend, the easiest way, you become a preferred customer. Okay. Uh, and that puts you into, you can go online, you can just buy it. Right. Right. But you're going to pay. Like, Shipping and everything you're else. You're going to pay the top tier price for it. Right. Right. And our catalog, so that would be, you'd be considered a catalog customer. Sure. I'm going to look it up on my phone. You're going to see our highest price. Sure. Now you can pay 10 bucks, 20 bucks a year depending on what you want to do, right. that will get you a large savings on the product. Okay. So what I would recommend is people become a preferred customer. Sure. And if you buy one oil change, you've just saved that entire membership. Oh, okay. All can be done on the website. Very simple. Sure. Otherwise, if you choose, you want to talk to a dealer. Yeah. We've got a, um, we've got a dealer locator on the website. You just type in your zip code. It'll tell you a local person, give you a number. Sure. You can call them. But our PC program online is by far become one of the most popular programs because okay. it's so easy right you know and then it's free ship 100 oh, most wow. of the time you know yeah, and you can spend 100 bucks pretty easy yeah nowadays it doesn't free. take much yeah and that's not running all the time right don't expect it all the time but right. we, we do run that quite often right um so yeah it's it's fair it's gotten really easy to get sure the online program you know you and i were talking earlier about pandemic yeah just the ability to get to have product which yep. we did all through the pandemic we had product all through it our procurement people, our buyers that were buying base oils, and um, sure, they did an excellent job. We, there were some tight times where we had some stuff maybe on back order, but very, very little. Uh, we were able to keep oil flowing sure through. So our PC program, and we were able to keep people's power sports equipment running and their their, their cars going for a long time, which was kind of a cool thing. Do a lot of your products are they come from the United States? Are they yeah. okay? You know, I'm not going to say that everything does right because there are certain things that are not made here right. Um, there is stuff in the oil that we didn't even hardly get into that I, you know, some, some I can talk about and right. some I can't, but, right. but there's stuff that, you know, comes from Europe and overseas and different small pieces of the additives. Um, we are a, we don't do base oil here. Sure. Okay. We bring in all the base oils. We sure. have a rail spur that comes into the facility. Um, we bring in the components that goes into the additive package. So there's, we didn't really talk about that a whole lot. Yep. You can build a product, and I can call up a guy at an additive company and say, hey, I want to build a 530. I need an API SN. Okay, here's the stuff. So they give you the additive. Okay. Put in this base oil. You're done. We could do that. And we do it in some, we do in some products. Right. But all of our high-end stuff, the base oils come in. We put those combinations together in our own lab. Sure. And then in some situations, we're putting the additive package itself together. So your detergency, okay. your rust and corrosion protection, your zinc that we talked about yep. extensively, that package we build. That goes in, so that's specific to us. But we sure. do not blend. Uh, we do not refine base oil. We're not a refinery. Okay. Okay. So, so that, I just for your listeners, we don't we don't have we don't refine. We just right. We just put the oils together in our own combinations. Right. Right. Yeah. For sure. Some ad pack and some custom. Sure. Yeah. No, it's it's interesting. Uh, yeah. So and, and the cool thing is we're able to do that because we're so diversified. Right. right? Our passenger car motor oil allows us to do really cool stuff with power sports oil and racing right right because some of the base oils we're using in our racing oil it's the highest end exotic base oils that you can get so you're talking like sure. fours and fives and like super high-end stuff okay. that some companies would be like yeah we can't afford that <laughs> but we're using it into a certain degree in some of our passenger car oils. Okay. so we can borrow that right build a really cool racing oil 
Right. So being so diversified allows right. us to be so much more flexible. And at the end of the day, the equipment and the customer is really benefiting from that because you're getting a better product. Right. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And think about some of these new rigs. You know, I have a Ranger and it was on tracks this winter. That thing, every time it was out of the garage on the lake, it was 65 plus 100 RPM. Yeah. Seven. Yeah. You know, 68 normal. Yep. Just because it's a two to one reduction and it wants to rev. Yeah. You know, and that thing's just singing out there. Oh, yeah. So it's like the equipment itself is hard on the oil. Yeah. Yeah, I I totally get it. That pickup I was telling you about, that was kind of a last year, just a fluke project, mm-hmm. I guess you could call it. Threw something together, kind of a test and tune. And uh, I don't know, that's first gear all the time, seven grand, way higher than it should be all the time. But it's kind of when I'm testing a, diff- a few different things as well in the engine. So. Sure. Yeah, I uh, totally understand. Yep. <laughs> that, that's a cool, I and mean, I love that you said that because we, that is where when we get into lab meetings and different things like that, it's like, well, sometimes we'll get pushback on why, why do you want to do that to him? Like, because this dude here is going to do that. And you're oh, yeah. one of those people. Yeah. That are yeah. Gonna, you, this, somebody's going to do something to this product mm-hmm. that we're not thinking of. Yep. Right? So just building it to these parameters in some situations doesn't work. Happen. We need to be here. Yep. You know, yep. And, and, and the good news about Amazon is they're like, yeah. Sounds good. Let's do that. Yep. So then we do it. And then when you go beat on it like that, it holds together. Yeah. So no, and it's, yeah, super exciting then. Or the or all the antifreeze drains out of it. And the thing's <laughs> like, why is this thing still running? Right. Well, because the oil stayed oil. Right, exactly. It didn't turn into like something you'd patch your driveway with. Right. Because exactly. that's ultimately what happens. Yeah. You know, so if the head gaskets don't melt, <laughs> the engine will stay running if the oil stays oil. Right. You know, exactly. So. Exactly. Well, I do appreciate your time. We went over a lot of different items, a lot of different oils, the company history. I mean, down to the nitty gritty. We We covered a few things, didn't we? We did. We did. Um, (laughs) Well, it was fun. Yeah, no, it was super cool. Uh, I think we mentioned, or I don't know if I mentioned earlier, Alan was going to be here today. He, uh, he's busy. I mean, he's running a company, so uh, I can't blame the guy. You got the B squad. You got me on the B squad. No, no, no. He, he sent you in for the right (laughs) reasons. He knew. Well, these are, he knew that these products are the products that I manage here with yep. a large team at Amsoil. Yep. Um, so I can speak to him from that standpoint, but I also use most of these because I got a lot of toys. Sure. So yeah, I, I got the scars to prove it, just like you do. Yep. I did. <laughs> I did. Uh, I did tell him. Well, next time I'm in town and if he's around, I still want to meet up. So yeah, there you go. Yeah. 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 That's one of the neat things, you know. It just it was just a timing thing that you didn't get to interview the CEO of the company. Right. You know, he's super accessible. Right. Yeah, no, that's that's what me and you were talking about. Was, yeah. I mean, we it's pretty it. rare that you, uh, you know, can get an email conversation with a CEO of a company, yeah. you know, and Alan and I were going back and yeah. forth, you know. Was, yeah, yeah, it's normal. Yeah. I've grown up that way here, you know what I mean? Yeah. I've known him since I started here in 09. Um, his office is just right over next to mine. It's yeah. too far. So he'll come strolling in and just talk to you yeah you that's know, super awesome but he's super involved in the tech he's a gearhead yeah like you can't believe um super into the chemistry but he's super into cars and, and all kinds of stuff like that so it's i've connected with him on on the power sports t- side of things so that's always kind of fun sure but everybody else has the same experience because he's got such a wide array of knowledge he'll, he'll he can talk to the guy next to me about compressors i don't right. know anything <laughs> about compressors but he can have the same conversation with me about car engines as he's having with the guy next door at compressor. So he's super cool dude. You oh, know, so. yeah. I mean, he's got to have a wide array of different, yeah. like, oil knowledge, I guess you could call it. So, yeah. And this place has grown to a point now where he's got a lot of good people here that right. that know things, right. you know, that, that that are very, very specifically oriented on something, you know. And, and he, his dad had the same deal. It's like, I bring in people that are smarter than me. Yeah. Alan's always had that same philosophy, so that's allowed him to step back. But he can still right. he can still talk the talk, which is cool, and that's why the dealers right. and like people in general like talking to him about this because yeah. he like he gets way f- more fired up than I do <laughs> about yeah. this stuff. So that it keeps that's one of the things that really keeps me you know really super happy working here because it's just it's just fun. Sure, it's just exciting. So. Sure, sure. Well, again, I appreciate your sure. time, and uh, yeah, that was awesome. I uh, are we gonna go walk around? Up to you. <laughs>